record really i should just say record so now we're recording all right so jeff Harmon, thanks for being on the show again we're going to catch up on some stuff the uh interesting topics of the day of the world really um yeah jeffharman.com j j e f f h a r m a n.com so jeffharman.com is where you can check out uh jeff while you're listening and i'm gonna do a little adjustment here so i can see you better there we are and let me make sure that we're recording we are one sec gotta make sure and we are recording, so we're good to go. All right. All right. And we, all right. So, Jeff Harmon, thanks for being on the show again. So, you bet. Well, thanks for yeah. having me. Yeah, it was quite the experience getting everything set up. We both had near death experiences, but we made it. So, here we are. So, <laughs> we owe it to ourselves right. to, we to survive. make it. We yeah. did. You know, if you, if you only knew. Okay. So, um, here's one for you. So thanks for being on the show again. It's always great to have guests on again, you know, multiple times because you've already got that flow down. So it makes it much easier. You know, there was this lady on a plane who was freaking out the other couple weeks ago, yeah, you know, say, that. saying that, 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 that guy's not real. And there's something about that, that I just, you know what? I believed her, even if it was a psyop, even if she was making it up or just crazy, I believed it. And one of the reasons is I'm noticing that in the last couple of weeks, especially, maybe even it's months, I don't know, but it's getting exponentially more intense that it seems like people are changing as in like if they're insecure, they're going very fundamentalist or if they're ready to awaken further, they're just really on a rocket ship to Pluto. But it seems that um, wherever you're at, wherever the, wherever you're leaning, people are, are really going off the deep edge or going off the high edge or they're in the love train or the fear train. You look, look the way people are driving. Nobody's passive. They're going one mile an hour or 90. So it seems like people are changing. There's something going on. They're seeing things or seeing monsters on planes. It seems like demons are walking around on the earth and so are angels. It seems like things have heated up and people are reacting to it, even if they're not consciously able to really process that which only makes them that much more crazy uh does that sound reasonable well i mean it one thing that i can tell you right now that's going on with the astrology is venus is going retrograde and and that just literally happened yesterday um it actually started on the 22nd venus takes a little bit of time to station and go retrograde a lot of people hear about mercury retrograde mercury goes retrograde three times a year it's been doing it since the beginning of time at least our time if there is any real time and when venus goes retrograde which is only every couple of years it's really a big deal it's called lucifer falling that was the ancient metaphor for it and many people who have heard of Mayan astrology may be familiar with the term, the Quetzalcoatl myth or legend. And this is where uh, the Venus goes backwards and falls into the sun. And the metaphor is that's when Lucifer goes into the underworld or is cast down. So Venus is doing that right now. And it's going to continue to go retrograde. I think Venus will go retrograde into the sun, uh, which is what it's called, this combustion phase, on August 13th. So between now and August 13th, you're going to see a lot of really weird stuff. Now, I'm not saying that's what caused the lady on the plane and all that stuff. But I got to say, when Venus goes retrograde, there's some kooky stuff. And it does it throughout history, you know, every few years, couple years, something like that. So um, very, very powerful. 
And it brings kooky, strange, weird energy. A lot of accidents can happen, a lot of strange things. The reason why this is what we call a, a, a inferior conjunction. Now, what that means in plain English is Venus is retrograding between the sun and the earth. See, a superior uh, retrogradation is on the other side of the sun. That means it's going retrograde, but it's doing it with the sun in between us. Now, this is with Venus right next to us, in between the sun and the earth. So it's much more intense. And these were always known as the inferior conjunctions that were very the Lucifer falling. So it looks like Venus is falling into the sun, right? Into the mm. light of the sun. And what's interesting is metaphorically, that's the legend, but I find it's actually quite true. Throughout history, I've, I've uh, Bruce Schofield and I were looking at this years ago, and I've also looked at it with many other, uh, you know, viewpoints on my own. And I got to say, uh, there's always strange things going on, and this ties into what's happening right now in the world. I mean, look what we got happening. Sliding Biden is definitely he's going down. Uh, I, on my last podcast, by the way, everybody should listen to my podcast. It's yes, uh, it's Jeff Harmon, astrologer or whatever on, on my YouTube channel, because we, we every week we put out podcasts. And my last podcast was saying, I think the only difference between Joe Biden and the Titanic is the Titanic had some good music when it went down. And yeah. Joe has no good music when he's mm -hmm. going down. And I think he's history. It's just a matter of time before he is impeached or resigns or what have you. Uh, personally, I don't think he should be allowed to resign. I mean, what he's committed is treason. He's lied in front of the American public. He's totally on record. I mean, Nixon got busted. I don't know if, don't know if you remember Nixon, but I certainly do. That was in the 70s. And um, Nixon clearly was busted. He resigned. But Biden, He's a barefaced liar. This is totally different. I mean, Biden has literally sat there in front of everybody and said, I had no business dealings. And he shouts at reporters, no, I didn't do it. It's like, really? How far do you want to bury yourself, Joe? And this guy, not only is Biden senile, but he's stupid. He, he's really mm -hmm. stupid to, to do what he's doing because there is so many people coming forward. These are people from the IRS, really decorated whistleblowers who are investigators, and they know a lot more legally than most attorneys do about tax law. And the, the, the Ways and Means Committee that just uh, interviewed him, I think it was them or the, the House, um, clearly buried even all the dystopiocrats when they started saying, well, but, you know, uh, geez, you know, Joe, you know, uh, no, he blew him out of the water, that, that one whistleblower. I forget his name. But uh, really, I, I don't see Biden doing anything but like the Quetzalcoatl legend. He's Lucifer falling. He's going into the sun. And I think it's just a matter of time before he goes down. And then what are we left with? Harris? Oh, my God. You know, as I said, Harris is not one of the finest minds in the Western Hemisphere. You know, I mean, God bless her or something like that. But, but I, I really, you know, have to say... She seems nice enough, but ooh, we, we, we got some problems here with communication skills, uh, the way she structures sentences. Um, I, I, really, I really pray George Washington and the boys did a really good job with, with the foundational magic when they, mm. when they formed this country, because if Harris gets in there, we're in big trouble. We're in big trouble. Yeah, I, I recently heard her speak speaking somewhere and she was asked about AI and she says, 
you know, AI. Well, it's two words, A and I. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> it just you listen yeah. to it, and um, yeah, yeah it, it's it's oh yeah, it, it's remarkable. It's remarkable. The, yeah. Like I said, we're not dealing with the finest minds in the Western Hemisphere when it comes to Biden and Harris and Harris. Yeah. And, and the yeah. VP is supposed to, I mean, ultimately like the way the strategy usually goes is the VP is somebody who looks like they would be standing slightly behind the president. You want the president to be more charismatic. That's where you had, you know, Trump and Pence. Well, Pence definitely is not a charismatic man. So when you see him both next to each other, he looks like he's standing slightly behind Trump. So I guess actually Harris was the only like human being they could find that's lame enough to actually look like they're somewhat like outshined by Biden on the stage. So that was you know, hard to find, but they did. Scary scenario. <laughs> that's all yeah. I got to say. Yeah. Um, so God it seems bless like, us. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it seems like things are, are kind of, uh, that's one thing you mentioned. Now, this is a big one because I think that, and you've mentioned it a few times in the past, but that via the astrology, you don't really see Biden finishing his term. And we are at an extreme geopolitical spot right now. And I look at it, I, I tend That's to think, an understatement. yeah, I tend to think that, that, mm. well, of course, you know, Harris is the, is, is the other, you know, uh, is the option, but still there's something about um, him being found incompetent or, you know, getting busted legally, but it seems like the, uh, walls are closing in a little bit like recently i think it was just today or yesterday and i mean it's just a gap he was just you know bumbling but he said that he had cured cancer he said i i said i was going to cure cancer and i did look at it now it's running away anyway yeah, yeah, and you he's... just hear you're like this guy's not anyway like you, you cured cancer well no one knows about it you know um yeah. Well, and Biden is gone, guy. He really is. He's he's a bumbling, senile old man, and he really is. And he's he's you know, there's a lot of people that really have it together at his age and older, uh, but he's he's really slipping. I mean, they, they've even got him coming in the lower stairs on Air Force One, so he doesn't wipe out on the big ones. You know? Oh my God! That's that way, amazing. if he falls, like, <laughs> he's not going to fall too far. You know? Uh, well, there was that thing that Obama said. Well, I guess you know, President Obama age, ages ago. He said, "Like never underestimate Joe's ability to f things up." Well, yeah, and I and that I was the one I, thing Obama said I really agreed with. Yeah, <laughs> and so I he, call him Obama, not Obama. Yeah, but yeah, so, yeah. So he has said one true thing, and I guess he learned that through experience, <laughs> and now we are learning it through experience also. Well, also with that, with the, you know, um, by maybe not finishing his term, I do look at the. Uh, his son, you know, Hunter, and you look at the laptop and the laptop never really moved me all that much, really. But the thing is, it, it seems like, you know, more and more we're finding, you know, people are investigating it. And there was an article on Zero Hedge today where they talked about, it was called like, can you ping your dad or something like that? And it really does seem like the whistleblowers are really, really uh, breaking it down and they're they're connecting dots and they're bringing oh. forth evidence that, that they've found millions tens and quite possibly hundreds of millions of dollars are interlaced here with all these companies um it's really i think quite more formidable than they're even letting on and you know unlike when they went after trump the two times for impeachment and it was pretty much a hoax and it's been proven to be such um i think they're going to really nail this guy to the wall what scares me 
is what I see in the United States right now. Yes. The owners, you know, everyone's looking at the pol politicians, Trump and Biden and all the, the, the you know, uh, George Carlin was absolutely right. Forget the politicians. It, the politicians don't run anything, really. They do at the bottom of the pyramid. There's no question they do. But and what their laws and what they vote in and all that do matter. But what really controls things, and Rothschild said it best, he said, you give me control of the money. He said, I don't care who makes the laws because mm -hmm. they all dance to the money. It's all about the money. And that's the top of the funnel that gets poured into. And the agendas, these people, these families that are behind the Bank of International Settlements and all these upper echelon bankers, they're the ones controlling it. They're literally running the world. And they're really smart. And I think they're really evil, some of them. I really do. And clearly, we have a war going on right now between the globalists who really want to wipe out half to three quarters of the human race, replace us with AI, or genetically re-engineer us with nanochips and you know mRNA stuff in the bloodstream, and literally influence humanity's genetic, quote-unquote, you know, current status. And they actually believe they can do this. I, I don't think that'll be successful, but they're going to try. I mean, listen to the Klaus Schwab. He says, whoever runs AI is the ruler of the world. I'm like, what am I listening to here, Dr. Evil? You know, yes. so the, the, the bottom line is we have, I think, the nationalists who want to keep sovereign separate entities and countries, particularly the United States. And I think there's a lot of people behind that who are fighting behind the scenes. And I think this war is much bigger than we know. And I'm not so sure, back to your very opening, that we don't have, and, and I personally believe that we have terrestrial and what we like to call extraterrestrial beings involved at a very deep level on this government. You know, it was in the early 70s, late 60s, early 70s, my uncle had given me a telescope it was quite interesting because um, it was a very powerful telescope. And um, I was in northern Wisconsin, about 40 miles from the upper peninsula of Michigan and the Canadian border up in Wisconsin, right? So I used to chart these things, these, these triangular crafts that would have yellow and strange blue and red stuff that would flash on them. And they would hover. Now, this is the late 60s, early 70s. And we had nothing back then that could hover silently. We still don't, to my knowledge, though I think we might, um, that would just hover in the sky. And they would go down into the woods. And I would map these things. They would be all over the place in northern Wisconsin. And, and many other people throughout the world have been reporting this stuff. Pilots. You know, we've got military people. I personally think these things have been around a long time. My grandmother, who was born in 1907, lived on a farm in Hebron, Illinois, which is just south, just north of Chicago, but a little bit south of a place called Lake Geneva, very rural area. She told me, she goes, Jeff, back in the teens, I'm talking like, you know, before World War One and uh, World War II, they would see stuff on the farm all the time. And so I, I know, you know, throughout history, the indigenous cultures, the Indians, the the people all over the world, you know, they've got hieroglyphs. And I mean, watch the History Channel sometime, you know, ancient yeah. aliens. It's everywhere. I think this guy and the best, I think, example of what I'm saying is Admiral Byrd. 
Admiral Byrd took, why would the United States government fund this huge operation in the 40s to go down to Antarctica? They flew under this huge cavernous like hole in the earth. And it, is, it was reported that uh, Admiral Byrd and his fleet were actually forced to the ground. And they were warned and told that apparently there's some kind of like crystal cities underneath there. And uh, there's many different versions of this. But the one that I've heard is that he was told that they will not allow the surface creatures, meaning us, to um, destroy the world through nuclear weapons. And I think, you know, it's very interesting because uh, Camille and I have spent a lot of years. She used to write for um, UFO magazine. And, you know, Bill Burns, who's now deceased, and Dr. Lear, and many, many people, uh, remote viewers we had talked to and worked with and, and had, you know, various different uh, conversations with. And I can tell you, um, and of course, one of the more famous ones is, uh, uh, I forget his name, out in Washington, but uh, many different, Dr. Stephen Greer, that's it, yeah. And, um, you know, it's well known that there's a lot more going on on planet Earth. You look at Tartaria. The Tartarians have found that, you know, the world fairs, free energies, all this stuff has been hidden, destroyed, altered, and obfuscated. So clearly, there's a lot more going on here than we're being told. And one of the things that always gives me comfort doing astrology, because I do readings all the time, is there something very divine going on on this planet? You know, and I always love this diagram. You and I were looking at this just a little while ago. This is the one that I always yes. like to put on the screen. And the reason being is you can see up here, whatever your belief in is higher power, God, man in the beer in the sky, whatever it is, you know, the bottom line is our souls were believed to be created way up here. There's no astrology up here. This is a, uh, in Aramaic and Hebrew called the world of absolute, which is a strange word that just means the divine, very high heavens, if you will, where souls are created. They claim there's 49 dimensions and 49 subdimensions here. Vast. The next world's down, and these are the angels that are believed to rule it. The next world's down, Briah is where the waters of creation are believed to coalesce much more densely. But they still say there's no celestial, as we would in science call it, until way down here, the Yetzirahic world. And many people listening may have heard of a text that's very well known. It's called the Sefer Yetzirah. Sefer, of course, in Hebrew means book, and Yetzirah means formation. <coughs> Excuse me. And you can see um, this is where it's believed the rotating galaxies are, the you know three-dimensional five-sense worlds, and many more dimensions than that, I believe. And, of course, now you start seeing the familiar archangels, angels, intelligences, and spirits. And then you have the last world. And, by the way, I should before I get off this, I should mention they claim there could be 49 parallel universes. I mean, just fathom that for a second. Mm -hmm. And then there's 49 subdimensions in each one. I don't know about you guys, but that's way past my comprehension when you really try and conceive that. And then the last world, Zaseya, is the astral planes, where it's believed many entities exist, including people we call deceased, you know, disincarnate souls. And many dimensions here, they say there's 49 dimensions and 49 subdimensions. Well, why am I bringing all this up? Because astrology... The modern astrologers all run around and say, oh, you know, you're your sun sign and, you know, you are an Aries or a Pisces. Yeah. In, in Vedic astrology, see, Vedic astrology is amazing. Its real name is called Jyotisha. 
In fact, a friend of mine who passed away, Chakrapani, he was in his 80s when he passed away. He came from India, and I think he's the guy who might have coined that phrase. He actually said, you know, Americans are never going to figure out what, you know, Jyotisha means, so we'll call it Vedic astrology. So it worked. And um, he was a, he was a very nice guy. But it means the science of the light of the soul. And you can see this white etheric energy going from death and, of course, to rebirth oh, yeah. on and on over the hills. And I personally believe the Earth, I always say forget Trinity, Neo, and Morpheus. Not that that wasn't a great series of movies. But I really believe this is a matrix where we are almost like soul avatars in these bodies and we're knocked out. They say this little mark right here is the mark that is made when the angel ties the spirit, psyche, and soul into the body at first breath. And the Egyptians and the Chaldeans and the ancient Vedantic literature all state very similar things. There's, there's a text in the Hebrew called the Sefer Haggadah, which is the book of legends. And I'm not so sure that they're legends. And that states that right in there, that the angel picks the parents for the soul to have its karma play out. And there's something about earth that has good and evil playing out on it. That is the soul cauldron. We're all here experiencing this perception of reality, and everyone's is a little bit different, right? Depends on which reality system you want to stick your head into, but we're all living our own perceptions of reality. Even though there's a common reality, there's gravity, there's air and all that stuff and food and water, but, but we all have our different perceptions of reality. And that is, of course, the human condition of what we believe and what we've been exposed to and all of that. And of course, this world goes out of its way to constantly, just like George Carlin said, beat us over the head. It's a big club. They beat us over the head with every day, telling us what to believe. And when we develop critical thinking and I think higher vibrational consciousness, we start relating to this in a totally different way. And, you know, even though there's a lot of truth in the religions, I think the, the ancient religions have sorely failed in enlightening us to the degree of how conscious we can get. You know what I'm saying? Oh, yeah. Well, you mentioned soul quadrant, soul quadrant and that is an amazing I like that soul quadrant, and uh, yeah, this is this is a a, a matrix. You know, I, I think that uh, Neo is just sort of a, a a parable, really, for what we're living in. And mm -hmm. um, I think in, biblically, I think the you mentioned soul quadrant, and I think it was referred to as the furnaces in the Bible somewhere. I saw that. They, well, we, yeah, we, there's we, a lot. We have to, to go through the we have to go through the furnaces, which is ultimately yeah. an aspect of purification you know, through. Right. That gets into the, the whole Gehenna legend. And there may be a lot more to that than we know. Um, there appears to be an incarceration of the soul mm. in this dimension uh, in reincarnational recycling. In fact, um, there's a text that I love to show. I'll show you this one. This is a more favorite text of mine. It is a text in Hebrew known as the Shar'ar Hagilgam, which means yeah. um, it is the gates of reincarnation. Now, our fine bearded men in Rome who were murdering each other for the first three centuries of Christianity pretty much abolished most of the doctrines on reincarnation. And yet original Christianity has it in there. And what's interesting about this 
there's many texts. I always mention one of my favorite books is, is a book called The Magus of Strobilos, which really, I think, if people are interested in Christianity, that's a wonderful, uh, valuable book to, to look into on that because I think it puts, it restores it to, I think, where it originally was and with a reality that is quite, quite profound. But anyhow, um, why I bring all this stuff up is when you get into ancient Vedic astrology, they we in in the West we call them angels. In the Vedantic literature, they call them deities. So we'll say Archangel Michael, Gabriel, Raphael, and all that. But in the East, they'll talk to like Lord Vishnu, Lord Krishna, all these different things, which are very analogous. If you start breaking down, I actually have some texts that some professors had done comparative analysis between the Torah which is the Old Testament, and also the Vedantic literatures, which you have the Rig Veda, you've got the Artha Vedas, and all the different Vedas and Upanishads. There's a huge uh, collection of texts. I think one of the most profound is the Mahabharata. Really amazing. I've got that right back here. And the Bhagavata Puranas. The Puranas are all about the classes of souls that come through here. And if anybody listening is familiar with any of the Rosicrucian stuff, Max Heindel, yeah. etc., that too is very parallel to exactly what the Puranas say. The Puranas, no one knows how old this stuff is. Many scholars scoff at, oh, it's thousands of years old. They think it's from the 16th century. But interestingly enough, my opinion is, and this is just my opinion, it may be close to 3,000, 4,000 BC. And the interesting thing, a lot of really smart scholars have pointed out, geez, writing wasn't really cohesive back then. And what are we talking here? You know, five, 6,000 years ago. It was a long time ago. Well, they said the reason why many of the Rishi said you didn't need writing. Humans were telepathic. Oh. They, they, they didn't need to write. Everything was just telepathically communicated. And we have moved into a dark era. Some people know it as the Kali Yuga. And some folks disagree with that. They think we're in the Tetra Yuga. What Yugas are is their phases as the Earth and the solar system, more importantly, traverses its way through what we call the processions of the equinoxes. If I can find the diagram here. Um, it's a really, yeah, here it is right here. This is a simplistic diagram where you could see this is our sun, and this is also known as the tropical zodiac. Well, the sidereal zodiac is the procession of the equinoxes. Now, there's a lot of dispute about this. Many people will say, well, it's 26,000. Other people say, no, it's 25,776 years and 39 milliseconds, whatever. No yeah. one really knows. No one really knows. I don't know. I'm not going to sit here and claim I know. But I can tell you, I think it's somewhat close to 25,780 something years, something like that. And it doesn't really matter because I can promise you, none of us are going to live that long in these meetings <laughs> to figure it out. Yeah. But the concept is that we are in a period of a dark experience of the soul that allows us to intermingle and experience more with demonic forces, or maybe the demonic forces have more yes. force over the soul. And this is interesting stuff because, you know, again, one of my other favorite authors is C.S. Lewis. You know, I loved his book, The Screwtape Letters. And for anyone yeah. who's familiar with that, read it. It's amazing. What a, what a profound document written many years ago. And he actually says, you know, that he can't ever validate where the book came from. He, he says, I can't 
say if it's fiction or fact. Um, he said, just read it and you know, see. And you see what goes on. Now, back full circle, this is gets into some of the child trafficking and crazy stuff and ufology that we constantly see. And again, you know, what I find is talk about the good old US of A. The USA has a really divine history. And it really does. George Washington is a very mystical figure. And I, I've actually really come to be very interested in the founding fathers of this country because they were Masons. And of course, the Catholics hate the Masons. They ought to work of the devil, right? But yet, oh, yeah. uh, read, read our Constitution sometime. If I defy anyone to read the Constitution and the Bill of Rights of the United States and not agree that that is a document. I don't care what race you are. I don't care what color, how fat, tall, skinny, whatever, doesn't matter, or religious denomination. That document defends every bit of that. And especially when you take it at its face value of how it was written. Now, say what they will about the Masons, that is a profound document. And it's interesting because if you look through Washington, he had these mystical experiences. The first one, he was literally giving up. Apparently at Valley Forge, they were so destitute, they didn't have shoes on their feet. And it was literally an act of God that they won. And it was that act of crossing the Potomac and then going into, you know, the fight there that tipped the scales. And they they caught him by surprise and won in New York and all that. And uh, there was a lot of kind of divine intervention there, kind of like where we are right now. The new one world order is taking away our fuel through this idiot that's standing in front of the podium reading teleprompters and not even doing that well called Biden. And then you've got, um, you know, them, them, jacking up the interest rates. Yes. And I know a lot of people are saying, but wait a minute, Jerome, Jerome Powell might be the good guy. He he could be, I, I get, he, there is some truth to it, but Jerome Powell is at the bottom end of the funnel. The owners are at the top pouring the money in. So Jerome yeah. Powell is powerless to effectuate change if his owners or his handlers or his bosses don't keep pouring the money in. You know, this machine is all financially operated. You know, it was Thomas Jefferson that said, if anyone ever gets to print our money, they will be more dangerous than any standing army. Mm -hmm. Right. And what happened at the Federal Reserve Act? Wilson gave it to him. On his deathbed, Wilson said, I sold my country. And he did. He did. They own this place. They own it. Look at Vadgar, BlackRock, all these big conglomerates, Gates and everybody else, and, you know, Soros. These are all just players. But who's running everything at the top of the pyramid? Those who control the money. Pretty pretty straightforward. Yeah. The iron, yeah, the, the iron Bank. I think that was one of the uh, – well, I only read the first book of Game of Thrones, and I, I watched some of the series on HBO. But, I mean, really, one of the things that that guy makes clear – and one of the reasons why I never read all the books or watched all the series is that it's just too damn negative. It reminds me of the world today. And I just couldn't take it. But the Iron Bank is, if anyone's familiar with Game of Thrones, the Iron Bank is that empire. It's this dark tower, and no one really knows who's oh, behind yeah. those walls, yet it holds all the powers. The, the kings are nothing. The militaries are nothing. It, yeah, it's it, money. It, it is, it's it, all it, the money. It's like this all-powerful mm-hmm. black obelisk. It's just... You know, and no one really, like you're saying, no one really knows who's the other side of it other than they have all the power. Yeah. Well, you you know, and it's interesting throughout history, you know, it's really good and evil when you really boil it right down. And, you know, I'm not saying this because I'm an American. 
But I don't think anybody on the planet, I know I've got clients all over the world, everyone reveres the principles that the United States was founded on. Why does everybody want to come here? Well, it's because you're free. You can start a business. You can get a loan. And look what they're doing right now. They're destroying this. They're flooding the borders. You know, they're literally bringing in Chinese nationals. And they know they're, they're military because they drink blood. There's a ritual that they do. They kill a chicken and they drink the blood. That's one of their Chinese rituals. And they've been catching these guys doing that. And then they come across the border. And Biden sends them a plane ticket, probably first class knowing him, and yeah. ships them wherever they want or a bus. And I've heard that they're actually equipping these people. Now, here enters astrology. We have going on in the United States, I've mentioned this a ton of times on my podcast and as well as probably on your show too, we have a Pluto return happening on the United States. You know, and some people might laugh and go, ah, yeah, Pluto, we heard it's mm -hmm. not a planet. My experience is the Pluto return on the Roman Empire destroyed it. 9-11 happened on the Saturn-Pluto opposition. The banks crashed on the Saturn-Pluto square. These are just recent ones. COVID broke out. You could have set your watch to it when the Saturn-Pluto conjunction happened. See, these guys, I believe, knew 2020 was their trigger point. It was a portal that was opening for them. And also, speaking of George Washington, um, and these mystical visions, he, he had three visions apparently show up to him that gave him faith to keep going. And one of them was, you're going to win this war, even though you don't think you're going to, you will. And then the second vision was the civil war, which of course happened and we survived that. And then the third one may quite possibly be now. And there's different versions, but I heard that he said we'd be finding the Chinese on the planes. Oh, wow. Yeah. And if that's true, I can tell you, I had a psychic vision when Biden took the election, and I'll just call it that. Yes. I don't think he won. Um, and he uh, votes. Yeah. <laughs> I don't care what anybody says. Yeah. That election was rigged. Um, yeah. And, you know, I'll be, I'll get hate mail for saying this, but, but uh, whatever, send me the hate mail. I'll, I'll mail it back to you. But, but the <laughs> bottom line is um, it was rigged. And I think they've been rigging elections for a long time, but that long time really rigged. And um, what, what's interesting is I had a vision that Biden was going to let the Chinese in here and we were going to see hell come to breakfast. And I think it has on a higher level for the last few years. But here's what's dangerous. This fall, in fact, here, I'll show you this. Mm -hmm. This is the United States birth chart on the inner wheel here. You can actually see that up here. This is the inner wheel where I'm circling. It might be a little bit hard to see that. But the bottom line is I'm going to change that to what we call primary directions. These are called solar arc directions. And watch when I say, okay, you see the chart change on the outer wheel. Well, um, I wish I had a, a, a circle here, but you can see with my cursor, at least, I'm circling this. This is It took 247 years for Mars to go on this inner wheel in the birth chart to all the way around out here to the outer wheel to here, because the United States is exactly 247 years old, just happened this last July 4th. And of course, how primary directions work is each rotation of the Earth equals a year in primary directions. They're very, very ancient. 
and like a person, if you live to be 90 years old, the first 90 days after birth winds up a clock where everything plays out over the next 90 years or 100 years if you live that long, however long you live. So it's very interesting and very accurate. So the United States has Mars. And if anyone knows anything about astrology, Mars is a crap storm. It is the planet of violence. It's the planet of war. It's the planet of aggression. It's the planet of, you know, warlike activity. It's, it's the symbolism of warrior. And it's conjuncting the United States moon. Now, you might say, okay, great. What does it mean? I mean, if that, if we don't see, I hope we don't. I hope I'm wrong. I hope, you know, I can come back on your show a year or two from now and say, look, I was wrong. But that one, I can tell you, we've never been to this barbecue because it takes 360 years for these aspects to repeat themselves. Why? One degree per year, 365 years, if you want to be technically accurate. Um, and even to the astrologers, you know, and I've calculated the square root of seven with all these different fancy primary directions. Some take the latitude of where something was and process it at the processional rate of longitudinal uh, ascension and all that. Solar arcs are simple. It just treats it one degree per year and they work. I know I've seen it. I've seen it in my own life. I've seen it in thousands of clients. And I, I hope we don't see this one in the United States. But I think the closer the walls close in on Biden, the more the owners at the top of the pyramid aren't going to like that. And this is the oldest trick in the book. You create a problem, big reaction. Here's the solution. Stick your head in the noose and we'll noose it up for you. So this is where it's going. And I hope I'm wrong. But again, I don't put it past these guys to nuke a city or create chaos. All we need is one news broadcast with someone mistreating someone else for some reason. And you'll see hell break loose. And just like, you know, and it could be a lot worse than we think. I hope that we don't see an attack, you know. Yeah. But we could. Yeah. And oh, the yeah. election year has Mars conjuncting Saturn, you know. I mean, if, if you've taken Astrology 101, you know Mars and Saturn, volatile. I mean, that is an act of war right there. That is violence par excellence, even more than over the moon. Um, that is really dangerous. And that happened September of 2024, right before the elections. Yeah. So with America's Pluto return, really, America cannot go through that that. Uh that without being something different so really it comes down to america can be sort of the phoenix rising from the ashes or it's going to just become ashes basically i mean hopefully not yeah. quite literally it's but transformation. it's transformation it's exactly right pluto is the transformer pluto's like a flamethrower it's it's like putting metal into a good analogy is take a coin and melt it down it's still gold but now it's transformed into a new shape um this is where they're at. And these guys know this stuff. They're, they're very, very well aware of this stuff. You know, yeah. it's kind of eerie when you speak about terrestrial and extraterrestrial stuff, because there's documents that have leaked out over the years where they say, well, if anyone disrupts our direction, we'll create world war. Or there's other things that leak out that lets you kind of see these people are not interested in rapid results. They're in, they're in it for the long haul. Almost sounds like a demon, doesn't it? It does. And it, that's one of the things that if there's something that unsettles me at this at this point is that um, it does seem like we are in a time of the nationalists versus the I just kind of call them like the WEF globalists, basically. And I'll, yeah, the globalists. Yeah. yeah, the globalists. And 
it seems like where that battle quite literally is physically taking place, it's it there's a proxy war in the Ukraine happening between those forces at this point. I mean, it seems like it's literally become a physical battle. You know, it's not just behind the scenes. It isn't just a deep state. It's not just election rigging. Um, it's not just, oh, it's deep. It's, yeah, it's, it's, it's well, not just, uh, oh, we don't like this leader in this country, so we'll, we'll stage a coup. Like, even if you look at 2014 and like the Maidan, the, the Ukraine, you know, sort of like overthrow of that government. Anyone can watch Ukraine on fire. It's just, you, it's real. It happened. And so we look at that and there's been so much that went on, but it was, I was going to say it was under the radar. Not if you were in that town, which it happened or that country, but it was kind of under the radar. But now it seems like that battle between nationalists and globalists, it's the proxies in Ukraine and everybody, all these different powers have their poker hands and we're going to see who folds. But right now it seems like we do need that, um, like that there's a book, Secret Destiny of America, which talks about many miracles, which kept the country uh, on route yeah. to existing. That's right. It, it yeah. seems like we, we need book. like, an, we need another chapter in the Secret Destiny of America or will be something else in the future because. Well, the political return, the, the astrology is, is always amazing. Again, I'm not here promoting astrology. I actually don't know if I believe in anything. I'm more yeah. of, I like to kind of cr critically observe. I, I like science too, because uh, I, I used to work in electronics and physics and acoustics. I love that stuff because it's repeatable. It's very, very scientific and measurable. Well, so is astrology. You see, and the skeptics will say, well, oh, no, it's not a science. Yes, it is. It is a science of astronomy. And if you look all the way back, especially at the ancient documents that have surfaced, particularly out of the ancient world of Egypt and Chaldea and the Vedantic stuff, the Nadia stuff, the Vedic astrology, it's stunning because what they're, they're doing, and this is why scientists, hard scientists, won't relate to it. A, a good friend of mine who just passed away was Dr. Claude Schwanson. I, I always liked Claude. He was a really nice guy. He worked for DARPA and he put out some wonderful books. He just passed away. I was going to have him on the show and the poor guy passed away and very good soul. But here's a hard scientist who moved out of that world of hard sciences and started saying, wait a minute, there's a life force spiritual energy here going on. And he was probably, people should, I don't know if you can get his books anymore, but it's called the life force synchronized universe and all that it was really amazing. And um, I, I, I have some recordings of uh, Claude that oh, I wow. put on, my, on my YouTube and I'll put some more up too, because I have a lot of, a lot of stuff I filmed with him in Tucson, probably about 15, 20 years ago and amazing guy. And he, would say the same thing is that we're dealing here with mystical forces that science cannot explain. You know, I always say the earth is where spirit manifests. Well, the interesting thing is that's a big topic there because spirit can be really good and divine or it can be really evil and it can be all points in between. In fact, what's so interesting about human beings versus AI, AI you know, you and I will pick up a glass of water because we're thirsty, right? We walk across the room because we want to. AI will do it because it programmed to do it or it wants to emulate human, you know, behavior. And 
that's that's a big difference. And when you think about how magical we all are, we don't ever think about that. We're all in our heads every day. Just think about how magical it is that, you know, you get sick and you heal or you sleep and you wake up or you're able to walk and do anything you want. And you have hands and fingers and eyes, the optics in our eyes and the quality of our ears is superior to any microphone or camera out there. And this is really divine stuff when you stop and think about it. And that's what I loved about Nadi astrology is it really looks at we are spirit manifest. And this gets lost in the world through its money and power and coercion and wars and violence and ego. Ego is such a big thing. It really takes us out of that place and pits us one against another. They say the spirits love nothing better than to get a war going. They love getting a war going because it destroys creation. They hate creation. They're, they're demonic. You know, this, you know, a lot of people, you know, in religions, they'll say, well, the devil, right? Well, it's a little more than that. They, in the West, we call it Lucifer, Satan, Belial, and Leviathan. Now, if you go to other cultures, they call them different things, but they all have a similar hierarchical structure like this. And they say there's eight beneath that, and there's legions upon legions upon legions in the demonic forces. Thank God, and I do say this literally, that the upper divinity, God, if you will, and the upper angels hold these guys in abeyance. And that's why they hate humanity, is because we're free and they're not. And they say yeah. that that's so envious, they want to destroy us. And the thing they love the most is to pull us into their evil ways. And they're pretty evil. And uh, again, when you look throughout history, I mean, going back to my grandmother, she said, Jeff, we thought the world was ending. You know, after World War I, then what did we have? The Dust Bowl, right? Just horrible. They, they, they had literally dust in ships on the Atlantic Ocean that the erosion was so bad. And then, the, of course, the Depression. And, and isn't that interesting? We get the Depression right after the Federal Reserve takes power. And how did they do that? They raised interest rates during a recession and crashed the economy. Oh. Isn't that interesting? And what, doesn't that sound a little bit like what's happening right yeah, now? Yeah, that's where even, we're at. As a matter of fact, yeah. <laughs> even yeah. worse, because Biden's busy shutting off all the levers that feed the economy, which is the energy systems. He's shutting down the power plants. He's shutting down your gas stove. He's shutting down your diesel, your gas, jacking up the prices, yeah. causing, again, the cost of goods to soar. And then the Fed's over there ratcheting up interest rates. It's destroying the middle class. That's what they want. They want to destroy middle America. They want to make us completely subservient and dependent on the government, which in this case will be the saviors who come in and, you know, you just bend right over here. We'll put your digital chip in your forehead or, you know, somewhere. It in you. Yeah, somewhere. <laughs> and um, that, that's it. And then they'll have total control of your life. Yeah. Well, it seems like as we're in this political return, uh, it does seem that there's plenty of people who are death worshipers themselves. I mean, I think that that's kind of a lot of politics today. Not everybody, but also unique forms of existence, etc. I mean, I see a lot of you know my fellow country people here are really they're worshiping death. I mean, it seems like we really have a bit of a death worshiping cult. Like it seems that a lot of people just don't think it's worth it anymore, that all that exists is just crap and they want to see it burn. And we've already seen that happen in cities. 
You know, there was no point to that. It was just death worshiping, you know? So it seems like we are in the midst of a time where we really as individuals need to, whatever your spiritual practice is, meditation, deep breathing, whatever it is. I mean, everyone seems to have a mix of things that work for them. Whatever works for the individual, they really need to get healthy. They need to get yep, connected, connect, connect to the soul, connect to God, have your practice, keep getting deeper and deeper, realize that you do what you can do. It isn't really your job to save the world. You know, I have this like theory that the earth is a constant that never really changes. It may pole flip once in a while, but and knock everybody off, but it never really changes. The earth is a constant. It's like earth 101, you know? So in a way, there's no point in trying to fix it. Just realize that your existence is to transcend it because eventually you will. So focus on that because it seems that we are at a moment of like, you're either going to like awaken more and float out of here, or you're going to basically be, you know, cannon fodder to the death worshipers. Hate to sound so positive, but it feels like that's the moment no. that we're at. Well, I think this is, you know, in some ways, uh, again, we're in a transitioning period. Yes. You know, what I what I mentioned, well, we are, there's no question. One of the things that I mentioned, um, I, I, I gave a talk just recently for the Daughters of the Revolution, which is yeah. interesting. These are all women who are involved um, with ancestors who were involved in the Revolutionary War and really wonderful people. And what I was talking about in this, this is actually a, a presentation I had from it. The, the ancients knew, and I say the ancients, I mean all the way back to Noah. There's an old astrology called the astrology of the world, and no one really knows where it came from. But clearly, uh, the House of Wisdom, somewhere around the 4th to 8th century A.D., had saved this. They, they actually said, we're going to lose this ancient knowledge. You know, And this, again, is 12 to uh, 1600 years ago. And they said, this ancient knowledge, we have to transcribe it. And they did. And I've got a, a several different translations of it. And it basically looks at the cycles in astronomy, you know, because everybody thinks astrology, but it's really astronomy. When Jupiter and Saturn conjoin in the very first, what they call Egyptian bound, which is the very first five degrees, called the uneven bounds, of Aries in the tropical zodiac, interestingly enough. And they say whenever that happens, which is about every thousand years, major changes in the world happen. Well, they're right. I went back and started looking and I went, wow, it really did. If you look at history, of course, if you can believe half the history we see. But I can tell you the history we do have that's probably somewhat accurate. Um, clearly, these have. Well, guess what? The last fire conjunction in Aries, that's called a fire trine, happened right when George Washington and the boys were drafting and assembling the, the United States of America's Constitution. Not exactly, but real close to that. And what's interesting is actually George Washington was fighting for the British originally. He was That's where he got his training as a, as a army officer. And there's all kinds of really cool stories about how he was shot at and had holes in his vest and his you know, jacket and his hat. And two horses were shot out from underneath him. Every officer with him was killed except for one was wounded. And later, when an Indian, old Indian chief ran into him, he said, you know, he said, we saw a great spirit over you. He says, I shot you several times and you didn't die. And he says, we knew you had a great spiritual protection. Now, people, a lot of people listening to this go, yeah, yeah, yeah. But they actually had his coat on display in the Smithsonian Institute with the bullet holes in it. 
like right here and here, you know, there's no way that he should have survived that. So there's very miraculous, interesting things about George Washington, whether you believe it or not, I personally do. And what's interesting, a little bit of divine intervention here. Well, where I'm going with this is that was a great fire conjunction in astronomy that started what? The Industrial Revolution. Can anybody not agree that from the 1700s forward, we had steam, electricity, metallurgy, mass manufacturing, and look at where we're at now. It's stunning. It's stunning. I remember in the 60s, cars might, you'd be lucky if they got 60,000 miles and they were worn out. Now it's nothing to get a car that'll go 300,000 miles. Mm -hmm. You see? So we, we are getting more and more advanced, even in the mechanical area. But look at where we're at with AI. Look at where we're at with nanotechnology, genetic engineering, space stuff. Do you know the United States is believed to have fission perfected? I don't know if you know that, but I think they do. I've heard Skunk's Works, which is just north of me up here, they have fission perfected in small scale. Plain English, they can keep a plane in the air as long as the rivets will stay in the wings. What oh, that wow. means is they don't have to land. You can make an unmanned plane stay up there for 20 years if you want, as long as the thing holds together mechanically. And they don't need to come back for ammunition. Why? Well, guess what? Fission allows you to run exceedingly high-powered generators, which do a little thing called particle beams and a little thing called lasers. They have megawatt lasers. They'll tell you they don't. They do. They've got them all over the battleships. They got them all over the planes. They got everything outfitted. Even the B-52, all these things are just like decked with high-tech weaponry. You know, you, you hear the generals every now and then, well, if Putin does this, if he uses the tactical nuke, we'll just take his whole fleet out. You know what? I think they can. I really do. And I'm not so sure they're not running a lot of extraterrestrial reverse engineered stuff as well. Um, that whole thing with Philip Colonel you know, Corso, L Lieutenant Corso, I, I can tell you right now that that stuff was real. I've, I've met too many people in the military who that stuff's real. And uh, there's a secret, you could say, layer of the military that is very, very advanced. Underground bases, stuff that we don't even oh, know yeah. about. Oh yeah, really advanced. Yeah, really I mean, advanced. yeah. You just look at the underground bases that the uh, Germans had in World War II. It was extraordinary. I mean, just what existed there that we know of. So, I mean, even things that we can go and see today, it's extraordinary. The under, I mean, their entire you know manufacturing went underground, and most oh. people, most people, they don't really Star know Wars that. Sits up there. They're doing three D uh, printing. <laughs> They'll make a plane, a custom plane. You know. Wow. Or, or craft. But back to what I was talking about with astrology. Okay, so this has all happened, folks, between George Washington riding horses and fighting with muskets to now. Okay, the, every 240 years, we have a new astronomical alignment of Jupiter and Saturn. Those are called mutation conjunctions. So in other words, what's, what's really wild is the Jupiter and Saturn conjunctions happen every 20 years, but they'll dart around fire, fire, fire. Then they'll go to Earth, Earth, Earth. Then they'll go to air, air. But then they'll shift every 240 years to a new major conjunction in the very first portion of a next triplicity. It's called, a, it's called an element like Earth, air, fire, and water. So we just had, and a, a lot of astrologers say, oh, we're in the Aquarian age. No, no, we're not. We're, I don't think we're in the Aquarian age for a couple hundred years yet. 
by precession, but we did have a tropical conjunction precisely on the winter solstice of 2020. Everybody remember that year? 2020 was when the pandemic. Did I say that? I mean, scandemic. Oh, yeah. I, I meant. I mean, pandemic, but, but so, sorry, I blew up, but, but in all seriousness, these boys knew what was happening and they knew we were entering a new high tech era. Every 240 ish years, some people say it's 200, some people say it's 250 and they're, they're not exact because we deal in years and the planets deal in synodic cycles, meaning conjunctions. So they're not linear to earth years. That's why. But, but I can tell you, it's right about that, between two and 250 years. And it's usually about 240 years, about. So long story short, we just entered a high-tech era. And I mean high-tech. We're going to see things get like Terminator. We're going to see things get like the Jetsons, flying cars. All that stuff is coming. It's already here. It just hasn't been fully commercialized. So what's a sad thing is Biden and his handlers are utilizing this new technology to actually destroy the society as we know it so they can put their new one in on top of it, rather wow. than having it evolve from the society we have and the middle class exist and participate. No, they want communism. And this is the war that's going on. And the astrology showed it. Uh, I, I've been saying for years, I, I was on coast to coast and many other shows and everybody, Jeff, what do you think of the Mayan calendar? I said, not a single thing. I said, forget 2012 It's not going anywhere that I can see, you know, I mean, check, check it out. Did anything happen in 2012? Look at all the holes that were bought in the ground, the ammunition, the, <laughs> yeah. you know, nothing happened. Nothing. It was like Y2K, nothing happened, but boy, 220. And I was warning him about that for years. I said, watch out for 220. That's when the, the hammer comes down because that was the mutation conjunction of Jupiter and Saturn that ushers in a new high-tech era. 240 years from now, you're, this place is going to be unrecognizable. We might be telepathic by then. I mean, we're going to see really high-tech stuff going on. But the whole problem with it all is it's all based in materialism. And that's why there's so much unhappiness and always has been. You know, it's all materials, all the physical world, it's all money, it's all technology, it's all, you know, who's got the bigger gun or the faster car or who's got the most billions. You know, when really we're all spiritual beings in these meat suits called bodies and nobody is going to get out of here in these bodies. And when nothing we amass are we going to take with us, nothing except the conscious spiritual experiences we gain. And this is why they say we keep being trapped in this dimension called Earth until we rise up out of that, mm -hmm. until we realize and connect to the other portions of the soul. This is actually very interesting stuff because it's referred to in the Shar'ar Hagilgum and other ancient texts, but the Shar'ar Hagilgum is most lucid on it. Our lower conscious mind is referred to as the nefesh. It's the physical body. They call it guff. It's the perception of reality, but it's not us. It, I always liken the lower conscious mind, which really forms in the womb to like the keyboard, the mouse and the screen or the steering wheel, the gas pedal and the brakes, whatever analogy you want to use. It's not us. It's what we developed to interact in this dimensional environment through these bodies with these five senses. That's why most people, they'll go to psychics, astrologers, and intuitives to talk to 
you know, deceased relatives or whoever. And because they can't see, we can't see. And even the psychics and the astrologers and all of us, we can see a little bit, but we can't totally see. None of us can see all the time because we're blocked. And that's this big thick dash line here that they say the angels block us. This mark we have between our upper lip and our nose, they say it knocks us out that it literally it's, it's like that game in, in England where they put the gunny sack over your head and they beat you until you hit somebody else and you get to take the gunny sack. So we keep doing that same thing until we wake up. And they say after a number of incarnations, the lower elementals, which is our belief system, start to wear down and mm. we connect with the upper portions of the soul known as the Haya and the Hida. See, the, the Ruach or Wash, I've heard it pronounced different ways, but uh, that is the spirit that keeps us going. And it's also known as the breath. Try not breathing for a little while. <laughs> it doesn't go too well. At least I can't do it. But I can tell you, um, even the fish have gills, right? So mm -hmm. the bottom line is, the breath is synonymous with the existence of spirit and the, or one element of it. And what's interesting is once you go above this line, notice Saturn. Saturn is the cross over the crescent of the moon. And it's interesting because a lot of the ufologists say Saturn is all, not only does it have the rings in astronomy, there's immense amount of crafts coming in and out. There's pretty well. They say Saturn in naughty astrology contains the etheric records like akashic records or whatever oh, wow. of the soul and that you know because a lot of george nori asked me a good question one time he said jeff he said what do you think astrology is i said well i'm not going to sit here and say i know what it is but my opinion is that astrology is kind of analogous to satellites in in, in one small sense um that the soul is formed way up here and the upper divinity of the soul, the part we can't directly read and get in touch with, even though we can see glimpses of it, but but we really can't see all our past lives with lucidity. We can't really see like where who we were with and all the experiences we had. We're blocked from that. So what's interesting is they say the planets transmit. Think of the satellites right now. We're actually talking through one. Anybody who's on the internet's going through a satellite, right? And what's interesting, and even the flat earthers, they say, oh, no, it's all cables. No, I, I don't believe that. I, I don't believe everything's floating around up there on balloons. You ever watch a satellite? They go by really synchronicity. Oh, so, perfectly, yeah. Yeah, really synchronistically. And look at your GPS. You know, Before satellites, we didn't have that. So the bottom line is, um, think of that. There's trillions of signals going through all these satellites with everybody talking on their cell phones and the TVs and the cables and the programs and us and everybody else, right? And yet they're all individual. Each one has their own expression of whatever they're transmitting, right? So that's a kind of maybe a simplistic analogy to what astrology is. And, mm. you know, like astrologers run around and they'll say, well, you're a Libra, you're a Scorpio. Um <laughs> When you look at fixed stars and you look at, you got 10 numbers on a telephone. You can call everybody on the planet. In astrology of 360 degrees, you have 10 signs. I'm sorry, you have 12 signs. You have 12, uh, 12 houses. And then you got nine planets. Actually, you, you know, more than that, but you got nine planets. We'll keep it at that. And then what's most in, in bizarre is um, you've got trillions of fixed stars. 
And then you got the rotation of the earth. So you can never get the same angularity exactly twice. And even the skeptics that say, well, but wait a minute, you know, uh, someone born at the exact same time. Well, if they were born at the exact same time and place, and place they might yeah. have. But the minute you change distance, even by, you know, 100 feet, 50 feet, 30 feet, it's going to have a slight difference. And what's interesting is they'd have similar yogas because I've done a lot of work on twins and, you know, that's why the soul is really senior to astrology. And it's interesting because in Nadi astrology, they take that into account. They have exceedingly de detailed divisional charts called Vargas. And it's very mathematically complex. Seconds matter. Seconds matter. And definitely longitude and latitude matter. So, and this is, you know, it shows me there was a time when there was great knowledge in celestial sciences called astronomy and astrology. I, I think far beyond what we know today, even with the wonderful tools we have, because uh, I know the astrology programs I have are pretty damn accurate, and I'm always checking to see if we can get more accuracy, but it's pretty accurate. And yet, I, I really believe this was communicated either by angels, which is very likely, uh, and extraterrestrials alike. Um, there's just no way you'd have that much knowledge. And, and it's all about the soul. So the astrology is being trans, the soul force energies, the etheric stuff, the magical stuff we can't measure or touch or put on a scale or put a meter to. So hard sciences can't measure souls. They can't measure what karma is. This is frequencies and vibrations far above anything I know about. I can tell you that. And I used to teach a physics class. There's nothing in hard sciences that can touch this stuff. And What's fascinating is the planets seem to be transmitters or angelic, you could say, uh, forces that interact with the soul. I think one of the most compelling types of astrology is interrogation astrology. If anybody's yeah. ever heard of that, interrogation, there's a lot of types of astrology. Like a lot of people get their birth charts read, which is really accurate because you can see the cycles to yourself. But then there's location astrology. Location astrology is amazing because you can actually see, I do this every reading. I'm always working with people where literally you get a map where you can actually see what your energies are across the globe. And everyone's going to have their own personal ley lines. You know, I don't care where you live, Europe, you know, Australia, wherever. And then you're also going to have what we call transits. And transits of progressions are amazing. They're absolutely stunning. And, and, and that's the cycles we all go through. So and then there's that. And then the other one I wanted to get into was what we just talked about. It's called interrogation astrology. Interrogation yeah. is asking a question. And you just cast a chart for the moment. And that was the one I was most skeptical of. Like, you know, come on, how can this work? You know, but there's eight almost eight billion people on the planet. And yet any person can ask, where's my cat? Where's my dog? Where's this? Where's that? Or or is this in my best interest? And the chart gives you some very insightful information about it. You, know, you still have to make your own decision and free will at the end, but it's really amazing. It's really, really stunning. And I have just seen it in medical astrology. It's, it's stunning. You know, I can't give medical advice, but uh, I've actually worked with doctors. Electional astrology is amazing. Uh, electional astrology, that's exactly what George Washington used when they lowered the cornerstone of the Capitol down into the ground. Um, 
at a good astrological time. That was a big deal in ancient times and from Roman times forward. They would pick good astrological times to coronate the king. That's why Biden's chart looks so bad. Um, because, I mean, God, when he was sworn in, we had moon making horrible aspects. The sun was conjuncting Saturn within three years. Well, look at what's happening. <laughs> three years. And this clown mm. is going down. He's 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 gonna he's gonna he's gonna go down. There's no way he's not gonna uh, you know survive this. Yeah. Or, or there's no way he will survive it. I mean, yeah. Yeah, and it it just seems like his uh, handlers, like the people who you know are the Biden machine, would have been aware of that because they, they certainly. He's fodder. You know, he's not the head of the snake. He's the tail of the snake. The tail of the snake. Yeah, you know, which actually would be a great nickname for him, Snake Tail. So <laughs> I like that. Yeah, and so he, look, he when, looks like the guy on uh, the the banjo player on Deliverance. Oh, I know. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I always put his picture up on the, on the podcast. Uh, well, so um, it does see, and one thing is that if people get a chart done, if, 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 if someone gets uh, a chart done by Jeff Harmon, it's, it's a bit of an elaborate experience. So can you tell people what all of what it entails? Because um, if you get a chart done with uh, Jeff Harmon, it's not, it's probably beyond anything you've ever had done before. And if you're going to get a chart done, I haven't had one done yet, but it's on the bucket list before the end of the year. So what can people expect when they work with you? Well, I, I mean, honestly, that that's the bottom line. I mean, I don't think anyone should do anything other than by their free will. Um, you know, I'm always of the fan that I do have free will. and I think everyone else does. And I, I like the Vedic astrology's approach because if we didn't have free will, we'd all be, you know, mushrooms. Uh, we, we would literally have no, no ability to do anything. And this is why I've always been a real fan of Napoleon Hill and basic self-helpers and setting goals and using your mind and learning skill sets because we shouldn't just sit around and look at astrology as telling us what to do. You know, we have free will. And, and I think, when we exercise that, that's intelligent. I like astrology much more the analogy of driving a car. You know, if I'm going to take a trip, I'm going to look at the weather, right? I'm going to look at the road conditions and I'm going to pay attention to the road conditions as I'm driving and, you know, do the safety checks in the cars and the tires and all that stuff, change oil. So, you know, cause if you don't, you're, you're definitely running a risk. So this is no different than life. We should have our skill sets. We should pursue, you know, whatever skill sets we need to pursue the things we want to do in life. But what's great about astrology is you can see, you know, location. Like if, if the place you're in, uh, I talk to a lot of people who can't change their place. You know, they may be a housewife or a, a father or somebody who's rooted in a job or a relationship with children or what have you. And they just can't walk out the door and throw a knapsack over their back and catch the next freight train heading to the next town. So the, the, what I like about astrology is it lets you see where you're at. And just like the art of war or martial arts, you see what's good and what's challenging. And then you alter it 
the like it is energy just like driving a car if you're coming down the road anybody who's driven a car is certainly knows sooner or later you're going to have somebody slamming on the brakes in front of you pull out in front of you doing whatever they do right but if you're attentive and you know that's coming at you you're probably not going to have an accident right some are unavoidable but most are and that's how i look at astrology if you see you're in a cycle in your life rather than taking to drugs and alcohol and suicidal things you can look at these energies, which are profoundly powerful. Like I just had some thyroid issues and I know exactly why I had the South node conjuncting my son. Now there's nothing wrong with going to doctors because, you know, my mother was into medicine and I, I have great respect for the science of medicine. But on the other hand, most of their antidotes are surgeries and pharmaceuticals. Well, what did I do? I got on herbs, reflexology, work the thyroid points and I have really helped myself like a lot. And, and there's nothing wrong with seeing your doctor and, and getting a, a checkup. But I think there are alternative methods that we can all learn. And when you see astrology, you know, again, I can't give people medical advice, and but I'll tell you the energies that are going on. And I see so many cycles that people are in. Uh, especially the big ones with Saturn and Saturn's transit of your moon. And we all are going to have this throughout life. Life is like a three-act stage play, you know, and you can look at Saturn and in Vedic astrology, there's cycles that are profound. Same thing in Nadi astrology. And everyone is going to experience them different. And I love Nadi astrology because you can see a lot of what your parents and your siblings were like and what they went through and why. And it gives you another perspective to look at life with that I think is really, really useful. And like in my own life, I have seen progressions where you, you scratch your head and go, why did this come and this event have to happen? You know, or why did I have a childhood like this? Or why did I have another event or a relationship? And a lot of times you can see that this was karma unfolding in the chart. And when you look at the astrology, it often shows exactly when these things happen. Um, and it's kind of so accurate, it's creepy. Um, I'm, I'm quite profound uh, at, at how, how accurate it is, especially in my own life. And um, I think there's a lot of value to that because the religions have demonized astrology. They roll their off the work of the devil. Well, actually, no, it's not. It might be the work of the angelic forces of your karma playing out in your own life. And if you oh, look yeah. at it, it actually makes you take more responsibility in a way for what's happening instead of playing victim or you go, okay, well, I know this is happening here and it's going to end here or whatever cycles you've got going on. And you get that kind of specificity because it's really astronomy. It is truly a science when you look at it with the right tools. A lot yeah. of astrologers don't agree with that. They go, oh, it's just this airy fairy sun. You know, Pisces loves Aries and all this <laughs> metaphorical stuff. You look at the ancient stuff, particularly naughty astrology, location astrology, and the ancient progressions, it's very, very mathematical. It's, it is a science. It's an astronomical science. Oh, and yeah. it's in relation to your soul. It's amazing. And also you get into uh, location astrology when you're working with people because it does seem like, I think most people would figure that, that that they've experienced that in life. Maybe they've never realized that it can be uh, charted because we've all lived somewhere where life just seemed to work for us. And then we live yep. somewhere else and it just didn't work for us. And Oh, with, location and, astrology. Yeah. Stunning. And with location astrology, a person <laughs> can find out, well, 
you know, where are the best places for you to live? And also, uh, yeah. whether you're living there or not, where does where you live right now affect you? Because um, oh, I, yeah. found it, I, I found it to be some places you, you live there and it just does not welcome you. <laughs> and every house has its own energy. See, there's something called Vastu. A lot of people have heard of feng shui, but Vastu is actually quite a bit older. It might be the grandfather of feng shui. And it relates to Vedic astrology. And it looks at energies that are imbued into a place, not only at the time it was created, the cornerstone, or the basement was starting to be dug, which a lot of people don't have those times. But you can use interrogation astrology to look at that. Even cities. Do you know the Romans used to do a ritual? outside of a city to chase the angel away so that the people would have less resolve to fight for their city. Mm. Now that's using, you know, occult knowledge in a demonic way. And the Romans got pretty demonic, the ancient Romans. And when you think about it, they would actually destroy a family and salt its ground. So nothing would even grow there, like destroy the entire lineage of a family. Horrible stuff. And, you know, this this stuff can be taken. And this is why the religions, I think, were so against it, because it can be used in a multi multitude of ways, which I definitely agree is wrong. But if you're using it to help people, it's wonderful. It's all your intentions. It's like anything else, you know. Uh, you know, it, it, a gun can be used to protect people. It can also be used to kill people when a madman's behind it. So the culprit isn't the guns, it's the people behind them, just like your intentions of doing anything, you know? So um, it's, it's all intent. It really is. Yeah. And, and it's an amazing science. It really, truly is. And uh, I was very skeptical of astrology. I got into it in the mid-70s. My mother was dabbling with it. And I thought, come on, you know, this stuff is, doesn't work, you know? And uh, she was really accurate with my girlfriends. And I, I said, you know, there's got to be something to this. This isn't mother's intuition. <laughs> and she laughs. She goes, you got to check it out. So I did. And we just had a great time. And back then it was BC doing charts by hand, you know, before computers. Yes. And um, by the late seventies, we had the Commodore 64 and then we were really cool and got the 128, right? Which has less memory than the cheapest cell phone on the market. Oh yeah. And then, <laughs> you know, then, then we got, you know, into DOS and then of course, you know, later Apple came out and you know, it was a lot of fun. And uh, astrology, you know, I, I really didn't even do Vedic astrology by computer until the late 90s, um, that, that's when the good astrology, pro most of the Vedic teachers that I had, Vedic astrology teachers, they always would say, Jeff, you must cast chart by hand, you know, so mm -hmm. always do it all by hand, which was really cool because you, you really get to learn how astronomy works by casting a chart on paper with an ephemeris, it's called a panchanga, so where the planets are is what it's called. And it's a lot of work and you really have to be exact and I my hats off to these ancient astrologers in Egypt and Chaldea and Greece and, you know, wherever they were, because they were smart people to do what they did the way they did it without slide rules and computers. I mean, man, that's a pretty advanced stuff. I think the water and the food was cleaner back then or something. Oh, but, it definitely um, was. Yeah, yeah <laughs> something was going on. But yeah. um, so we I, I didn't get into doing Vedic astrology by computer until almost the 2000s. And I remember one teacher, I came in and I said, look at this program. I said, it does all our calculations like that. And he's like, oh, my God. He says, I want to get a copy. 
I said, no, no, you told me always to do charts. By hand. <laughs> he goes, oh no, I want a copy. I says, yes, you do. <laughs> oh wow, was, yeah. wow! I've only ever, I've only seen uh, an astrologer do um, a chart by hand a, a few times, but uh, oh, you have to have a lot of tools. You have to have panchangas. You have to have charts and table. I got them all sitting on the shelf. You know, it's all you you, you got to have a lot of tools to do it. Yeah, there's always an incredible advantage if you if you have done something I call it analog before yeah. you did it digital, you're going to have a much greater understanding of it. Well, um, I don't want to keep you all night. We've we've gone yeah, through a lot. I, I of, actually a lot have of stuff. something. I'm I'm looking for it right now around here. But I actually have an astrolabe. I could show you if I can find the dog. Oh yeah, if you can find it. Yeah, and yeah, if I can. I don't know if I can. It's I stuck it somewhere. It's a little handheld device. And it's pretty cool because um, it's got a dial on it. And if you lived at different longitudes and latitude, well, different latitudes particularly, you would put a new device in and you would spin it. And in the old days, and I'm talking not that long ago, you know, before the 1900s, you'd trot outside and take the shadow of the sun, you know, or if it was at night, you'd note the hour, which wasn't as easy to do unless you had a clock. And uh, they were able to cast these charts using an astrolabe. It would tell them where the planets were at the time of year and you know where the sun was. And it was pretty pretty sophisticated stuff. Astrolabes were, were very cool. I, I think I have one. I'll, I'll bring it up on the next podcast that we're going to do this Friday. But it's really cool stuff. And you know, today everything's so you know computerized, and uh, I, oh, I yeah. don't trust computers. I'm always checking them because. Uh, like the Vedic astrology programs and my tropical, I have them very custom set up because I don't use the same Ayanamsha as most people use. I had an old guy, a very old Indian guy. He's, he's long gone. He used to do astrology for, I shouldn't mention this, but the London bankers, the Rothschilds and those kind of guys. And he, they wouldn't make a move without certain things. And he, he did Mahurta, which is electional astrology and Prashna, which is interrogation or horary. And he gave me this Ayanamsha a long time ago, back in the 90s. And he said, use this. I said, this is crazy. It's, it's totally different than Lahiri and all the other ones. He says, just use it. He said, my grandfather's grandfather handed it down. He says, and it's always worked. And I've tried it. And it's right on. It's really pretty amazing. Mm. And I, so I've stuck with it. I, I don't know how he got it or how they derived it, uh, but it's really interesting. And, and it's all about where you take the zodiac of the the earth in the sidereal lunar zodiac called the nakshatras that surround the earth see that's another zodiac a lot of people don't know in western astrology there's a zodiac called the 27 lunar mansions that wow. surround the earth except it's sidereal it's not tropical and these are very mysterious because when you think about this, now this goes back to the whole spirit manifest thing. Dad puts the seed in where mom's womb, right? Well, here, I don't have that. Here, I'll just show you this one. So dad puts the seed in mom's womb. Farmer puts the seed in the ground. So the sun is the seed. The moon is the crucible. And the cross, which is sunrise, noon, sunset, midnight, is spirit manifest. Well, what's that? The earth. Mm. Look at an egg, look at an embryo, look at the magic that happens with spirit when it's joined, you know, I mean, it becomes fertile and, and that little being, whatever it is, will now take off and grow. And genetics is stunning, you know, and, and splicing genetics and duplicating genetics is one thing, but creating life from scratch. Yes. 
Good luck. Oh, Good luck on that one. AI will yeah. never pull that one off. Not, not a chance. Not my opinion. Yeah, no, I agree. Well, if we have uh, another few minutes, I, I, I would ask an interrogation astrology question so mm. people can people can see it. And uh, I'm, I'm not sure if uh, uh, and I would ask something. It, it's somewhat mundane and, and hopefully it's specific enough, but it might be worthwhile. It would just be um, and let me know if this is if this is poignant enough, if this is focused enough, but um, I'll, I'll say, are the globalists planning to get out of Russia so they can move on China soon? Uh-huh. Let me understand that. What exactly are you asking? Well, I think that, okay, what I'm seeing right now, when I look at a lot of the, the news that's going on is that it seems that there's a desire to be done with the conflict in Russia by the, I'll call it the collective West, the globalists, because okay. it's not working. It seems that really, for the most part, with the, with the, with what NATO's got, what the West has, they're not going to, it's not going to happen. So, so what you're saying to me is, is the Ukraine Russian thing going to defuse and then go to China? Exactly. That's ah. a good way to put it. Yeah. Ah. Okay. Okay. See, that's the art with, um, see, astrologers are, are the messengers. We just take the consciousness that's being done. And this is a lot of details to how to properly yeah. distill down what a question is. And again, you know, a lot of people think, well, I'm telling them what to do. No, no, no. I'm no. just casting the chart and telling you what the, the interpretation of the astrology says, you know, yeah. and then you do what you want with it. So, okay. So you're saying globalists diffusing Russia, China. Uh, I, I'm sorry, ru ru Russia. What, what am I saying? Diffusing yeah. Russia, Ukraine, right? You're right, right. Let's yeah. Diffusing Russia, Ukraine. Um, you know, let's put a to focus on there. China. Yeah. yeah. To, focus, to focus on conflict with China, basically move the war from Ukraine, from Ukraine, Russia to basically NATO, China, you know? Ah, okay. That we can ask. Okay. So let's see. Um, okay. So yeah, now I get what you're saying. I was asking, will they defuse that war and move to a bigger conflict yes. in China? Uh, now I get it. I said bugger. It, it doesn't matter if I spell anything right or wrong. What does matter is you get the conscious intent of what the it intent, is. The intent, yeah. And, oh, God. I, I get into people with lawsuits, all kinds of – I mean, you have no idea. Which you, can, you can ask anything under the sun with the uh, – interrogation is wrong it, it just takes time okay let me just see here in the bigger war in china slash nato is what you really what you're saying okay yeah yeah yeah. because it okay. seems like that's there's a lot pointing to that at the moment yeah well, well look what i'm doing see today I, i'm out here in the land of the fruits and nuts california so and of course i'm speaking agriculturally um and <laughs> i'm in west hills and notice I cast this chart right now, 10-25-2023 at 10-19-44 p.m. Bingo. That's when I understood it. So I'm casting a chart right now. The eastern horizon becomes you, the querent, 
And the government is, quote unquote, the 10th house. Um, the, you know, this is a complex one because you're, you're involving Russia and China. And then that is a current war that is going on. We know that. And then you're saying, well, that diffused and then head towards China. China would likely be the seventh house because that would be um, hmm. well, one of the most important things in interrogation astrology is the moon. It's not the only important thing, but it's the moon. The moon is sextiling Mars, while at the same time, Mars, the general significator of war, is trining Jupiter. So it would lean towards it's not likely to get legs right now. It, it, why I say that is there's no hard aspects. Mm. Uh, between the United States, which would be NATO and the United States collectively, because you're you're asking, but you're really the Eastern Horizon is kind of indicative and representative of your team, right? And I don't think you're on, you know, Russia or China's team, right? <laughs> so mm -hmm. the, the Eastern Horizon would be us collectively, and you know. Russia and China would be the seventh and ninth houses. They're foreign countries. So it tends to show it's not likely to get legs. I think mm. it will get thwarted. In other words, will there be world war and destruction and nuclear weapons and all that stuff? I, I hope I'm right here. But, you know, I would like to study a chart of this gravity a little bit more than just, you know, at the close of a show. But I would I would tell you that my first knee jerk response to this, there's no fixed stars in here that are showing up here that are horrible. <clears throat> it leans towards. There might be skirmishes and saber rattling, and there certainly is. I mean, China's being pretty provocative with the U.S., uh, so is Russia, you know, shooting mm -hmm. at our drones, cutting in front of our ships, saber rattling, all that stuff. <clears throat> but I, I would tend to say, based on this chart, they're too weak. Mm. Too weak. <clears throat> in other words, something would step in and thwart it. <clears throat> One thing's for sure, and this has been said many times, by the new one world orders, they'll create so many viewpoints. No one will figure out what they're really doing. Hmm. And this kind of looks like that. Um, my first knee jerk response on this, and I'll bring this up in the podcast. So if people want to watch my podcast this Friday, I'll look at this further and deeper, but I would tend to say, uh, it's not as likely that that'll happen. And that's a good thing. I like it. Uh, well, let's hope it's right. Yeah. Um, see, Mars is making a trine. See, the eastern horizon is Jupiter, which is indicative of the United States or NATO, if you will, because that's kind of, you know, one side of the fence. The other side of the fence is the Russia and Chinese, you know, adversaries. Um, even though I'm not so sure Ukraine's are buddies either. But there, there's a lot of... Uh, very mysterious stuff going on with that. I mean, 
there has been labs. There's been all kinds of stuff they're not telling us that is going on over there. And this again, you know, George Washington might have said it right. If you want to destroy a country, loot the treasury first. And boy, they are looting the treasury. Let me tell you, oh, they yeah. are looting the treasury. They are destroying the middle class right now, much more so than we realize. Wow. I mean, you look at, you know, RFK is right. The only two people out there saying anything with common sense is RFK and Trump. And, oh, yeah. you know, a lot of people hate Trump, but I, and I'll get hate mail for this, but I, at least he's saying something intelligent. Joe Rogan said the same thing. You know, people are dying. Lots of people are dying. A lot more people than they're telling us are dying. And innocent people, they got nothing to do with this with their little charade over there um, in Ukraine. And not that it's a charade by any means, but it's, it's a very, I mean, war is horrible. There's, it's it's the most demonic thing there is. It, it destroys yeah. anything in its path. It's worse than a hurricane. It, it's an ongoing, funded, you know, just barrage no. of destruction. I think that's what's good about Trump is I think he knows it. So yeah. a person like a person doesn't have to be pro or against Trump to realize that uh, some of the oh, things he's he trying to fuse it right away. Yeah, some of the things that he said recently are at first he was a little bit too saber rattly for me at least. But actually, he's really refined his message. And if we remember back when he was president, he was very, he did not like NATO at all. And he said, said it was a bad idea. Why, why are we well, paying? They for weren't it? paying, right? They weren't yeah. paying. Yeah. He's like, what, 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 what? Trump's about money. Whether yeah. you like him or not, he's about money. Trump oh, yeah. is about the United States, first and foremost. I'll that part is good. And to all the, the naysayers and haters of Trump, and boy, there's a lot of them, but there's also just as many that like him. I, I predict if they don't kill Donald Trump legally or physically, he's going to win the presidency because he has yeah. Jupiter hitting his midheaven next spring. They're going to come at him with everything they can. And if anybody can probably survive it, he might. Well, and they, this yeah. whole thing with Biden, you know, there's a lot mm -hmm. of people out there who've been saying, well, Trump in, in, you know, indoctrinated all these 200 generals, retired generals and all this. And again, I do believe there's something to that. There is a war going on right now between those who actually love their children and grandchildren yes. and communism. You know, Lenin, look at Lenin. I mean, talk about horrible. I, I, I'll never forget. I was standing in the Ronald Reagan Library. It's just north of us here. And I, I'm reading on the wall the quote by Lenin. Lenin literally said, we don't care if we kill three quarters of the human race, as long as the quarter that's left becomes communist under our rule. I'm like, wow. I know. Wow. Yeah. And I you think, know, yeah. And I think Stalin was Mao, worse. Mao might've killed, they don't even know how many, it could be 50 million, it could be 75. They, they guesstimate it could be a hundred million people. I mean, just kill them and, and look at Lenin and, and uh, you know, the, the, the Russians, I mean, they, they literally would say, well, you know, it's getting too expensive to keep killing the farmers. Let's just starve them out. Doesn't it sound like what they're kind of trying to do here? They're just destroying us out. And this is, you know, what I like about America is it was it was founded on some very divine energy. Yeah. And I, 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 I think we could potentially be the phoenix rising out of the ashes. And I think something's about to happen. It's way bigger than anyone is going to be able to put their finger on psychics, astrologers alike. What I do like about mundane astrology is it shows us when and what's likely to happen. We got some explosive events happening. And they and, have to. Yeah. 
And I can tell you, we're about to get a front row seat of probably one of the most dynamic and dramatic times in U.S. history and quite possibly modern global history. We'll, we'll see what happens here. Um, and again, it's going to be unprecedented. And, and look at what's brewing. I mean, you got an ex-president charged with all these charges, and they're going to come at him with more. And then you got Biden, who's literally been caught with his pants down in the cookie jar. And literally, I mean, absolute treasonous behavior. Now, it's one thing to get the millions he's gotten. It's another reason that he's done it with the very enemies of this country. He's, he's treasonously sold us out. You've got Chinese police stations in here. You have Chinese coming in this place left and right. I mean, they, he has destroyed this. He's opened the borders and he's shipping the enemy around. He's actually literally working treasonously to destroy this country. And most of the people, like George said, nobody seems to notice. Nobody seems to care. As they continue to elect, let, let this, this insanity in Washington happen. You know, and, and, you know, we've got the White House press secretary standing up saying, oh, it's a lie. Don't pay no attention to that man behind the curtain. <laughs> really? Yeah. I don't think this can go on much longer. And yeah. this is why we see the volatility in the astrology coming at us like we do. Because we're on a collision course here with a freight train. And uh, something's going to go kaboom here real soon. Yeah. And I, I think that we also have to realize that uh, um, the Russian Navy just landed in Cuba. Yeah, I mean, they, they went to, it's, it's, it's a visit, but we start thinking about one of the things where it's all fun and games having, I guess you'd say like your, your globalist elected installed president who's an idiot, right? It, it, mm. that, that's one thing, but then the reality hits where you've got the Russian Navy uh, visiting and they'll, be, and, and they'll be there all the time now. So you've got, you know, Russia-Cuban relations happening and, we wouldn't live through Cuban Missile Crisis, too. We have idiots in charge. We don't have a JFK. You know what I mean? It's something that, uh, something that I think about quite a lot. The, the only way they'll win against the secret military in the United States is if they're told to stand down and do nothing, which they could do. If they want to destroy this country, that's the only way that China and Russia could come in here. Because the weaponry that I have heard that we have is off the charts. Everyone's, oh, supersonic missiles. They can zap those out of the sky in less than a nanosecond with laser and particle beam technology. Mm. Ask some of the people in Northern California if that stuff exists. The oh, magical yeah. fires yeah. that were cutting, you know, engine blocks in half and starting fires, you know, <laughs> on houses that were like stripes. You know, this stuff exists. Star Wars actually was finished, which Ronald Reagan started way back 40-something years ago in the 80s. It's all, all been done and more and lots mm. more. Yeah. So, well, you know, if, if they come in here, it's because they want to let them come in here and destroy this place. They don't care about the people at all. And see, this is why I really believe there is forces right now at very high levels. There's a lot of stuff going on we're never going to hear about on the mind control news. It's not there. The news in Hollywood is put here to tell us what to think. Can't believe it. It's propaganda. You know, look over here, folks. You know more stardust in your face. And I can tell you, don't believe, it, there's an old saying, believe nothing you hear and half of what you see and you might be okay. And there is a lot of truth to that one. 
Oh, there certainly is. Well, I think that America, like you say, it, it is a magical place. It was founded yeah, on, you know, it, it's, it's founded on divinity. And I do think that if a person, this is a great thing for, well, the Americans listening, is um, that is a great thing to meditate right on right now. It's just you meditating bet. on because you can feel it. You can feel the energy in your body. You can feel the grace of the place that you live in. And, you know, that's what I'm kind of meditating on is just that America, which I know that it does, still has some grace left and that somehow we sidestep the global disaster, which the globalists certainly want. And I can't even see how it's going to happen. But I just have faith in that grace because I feel it. I do, too. I do, too. It's I think we're in for the astrology is right. We're we're in for a roller coaster ride and it's not going to be easy. But I think we're going to come out of it because there's too many people the, the ones who really have the power are they know where the secret weaponry is. And I also think there's divine intervention. I've, there's so many military people who've come forward. Of course, the big thing now is UFOs, right? In interaction with craft. And that stuff's a lot more real than anyone knows. I used to track them back in the 70s. I used to chart them. I've had motorcycles shut down. I've had missing time. I mean, this stuff is definitely real. There's a lot more going on on this planet. It may be a lot more like men in black than we think. And I also think there's divine intervention here. And I don't believe that, you know, some communist maniacs are going to be allowed to just destroy the human race. There's too much karma going on. There's too many souls having a physical experience. And we're definitely at a crisis point. No doubt about that. But we could be the phoenix rising out of the ashes. We really could. And I really pray that that is the case. There's too many people in knowledgeable, powerful positions, not just money, but powerful positions that are very likely it's just like George Washington. They were barefoot and destitute, and they still won. And they shouldn't have. Every military expert will tell you that. They should have not won. I mean, they were outgunned. They were outsupplied, outfunded in every way. And yet we won. Why? I think it was the divinity of the principles of the United States. It was its intention. It's always intention. If the intention is good and of a high purpose in divinity, it's got a lot better chance of winning because it's divinely backed. All right, bud. Looks like I lost you. Nope. I think you're gone. Okay, buddy. Well, if I lost you, um, We'll talk to you next time. Okay, bye. All right, it might just be me. Well, um, sorry about the little glitch there. I think we uh, kind of had a little issue there for a moment. Uh, anyway, um, this has been a great show. Hey, everybody, check out uh, jeffharmon.com. Go get yourself a chart. He does an extraordinary amount of work when he works with you. And uh, this has been Radiant Creators, RadiantCreators.com. Um, anyway, I'm glad things kept recording while we had a little bit of a glitch there. Sorry that we lost Jeff. Um, and everybody take care, and I'll, uh, we'll, we'll be back soon.